0: Well, I love Christmas. The tree was up on December the 1st, Christmas movies have been on non-stop, and last Sunday we even had a little bit of cranberry sauce in our chicken, just as a taster of what's to come next Tuesday. Every time you turn on the telly, or go to the shops, or visit a garden centre, garden centres really know how to do Christmas, don't they, since October, the message is clear, Christmas equals joy. Christmas Day 1996 was my most joy-filled Christmas. I was nine, a prime age for joy. I woke up on Christmas morning and it had even snowed. It was a white Christmas. Everything was coming together. When my brothers and I went downstairs, the scene was absolutely Awesome. I'm still not quite sure how or why, but that year our mum and our dad gave us two main presents. That was not the norm. On one side of the lounge was a bright green, perfectly ironed, fully kitted out Sabutio set. Now some, some blank faces, Subutio was a little bit like FIFA, but without the PlayStation. That doesn't feel like it sold it to you. Sabutio S- was absolutely incredible. You-, you flicked little footballers against a ball that was three times as big as them, and the aim was to mercilessly beat your brother. Well, at least that was our aim. But, but that wasn't the only present, because on the other side of the lounge was a skelectric track with two brand-new race cars ready to let off that... Skelectric smell of burning. <laughs> A nine year old boy's dream Christmas equals joy. After being peeled off the ceiling, my brother and I jumped onto Skellextric. Three, two, one, go. The cars zoomed down um, the first straight and and along the corner and under the bridge and back around the hairpin. And we realised that the cars were beginning to slow down. And they went back to the, the back straight and round the last chicane. And they crawled along the finish line, looking very sorry for themselves. Not exactly what we dreamed of. What we didn't know at the time was that the night before, my dad had phoned all of his cousins and asked if they wanted to come over to test out the boys' presents. And they'd run a whole Grand Prix season, and we, the next morning, only got one lap before the cars totally burnt out. But of course, all was not lost, because we still had Subutio. But as anyone who has played Savutio will know It doesn't take long for someone Normally a mum To step on the star striker's head And before long we were down to five a side And we were playing with some crumpled up wrapping paper Because of course we'd lost the ball Christmas Day 1996 My most joy filled Christmas ever And the joy didn't even last Until breakfast time We we all know, really, don't we, that that while the message we hear again and again and again throughout December is Christmas equals joy, that that's never quite the reality. Sometimes the joy only lasts for a few hours, like it did for me on Christmas Day in 1996. Maybe it's only until the first family argument starts. Sometimes we, we have to put on a brave face We don't really feel like a joy filled Christmas, but we know that others want it. So we go along and we turn up. But inside, we're really thinking about just anything else. The fact that we must get a new job sorted in January. Sometimes we just dread Christmas. Maybe Christmas is tinged with sadness. We think about those who aren't celebrating around the table with us. So the question we have to ask is, does Christmas equal joy? Is that message that we've heard for weeks and maybe even months true? Well, we've just had Psalm 98 read to us, and the message of that psalm couldn't be any clearer. Sing a joyful new song to the Lord. It seems fitting to think about singing at a carol service, doesn't it? You've sang fantastically so far. A psalm is a little bit like a poem. The language is meant to produce emotion when it's read. And Psalm 98 just does just that. I hope hope you felt that when Vicky read it out. Let me read the middle three verses again. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing, with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the King. Can't you just hear the melodious cacophony that is being described? A new, joyful song accompanied by the best musicians all singing to the Lord God. And towards the end of the psalm, the poetic language gets the whole of nature involved. Did you notice that? Let the sea resound. And everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord. Do you feel the emotion? Can you see the picture? Everything, everyone, everywhere, sing a joyful new song to the Lord. But why? Why should this psalm tell us to sing a joyful new song to the Lord? Well, the psalm gives us two reasons. And the first is this. Sing a joyful new song to the Lord, for he has done marvellous things. Or in other words, sing to the Lord a joyful new song, because the things he has done deserve to be sung about. Three times in the first three verses of Psalm 98, the word salvation comes up. That's the very crux of the marvelous things that the Lord has done. This reason is one from, from the past. He has done marvelous things. Psalm 98 was written to ancient, uh, ancient Israel by an ancient Israelite. Ancient Israel had needed saving multiple times. And each time, they had been saved. Time after time, enemy after enemy, when Israel needed saving, whether they were enslaved or in captivity, God saved them. He really had done marvellous things for them. But we can also see that there has to be more to this psalm than just that but because it says the Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. It it literally means that everyone with eyes has seen the salvation with their own eyes. They can see the salvation in 4K quality. and As we've heard, surely the sound was in surround sound. It's a salvation that is revealed and made known to everyone in all the earth like a global event. That the World Cup final this year, France versus Croatia, was watched by one point one billion people worldwide. It was the most watched event of twenty eighteen. But that's nothing compared to the reach of what's going on in Psalm ninety eight. In Luke chapter 2, we read that an angel spoke to some shepherds on a hill just outside Bethlehem. I'm going to read what the angel said, but see if you can spot any similarities between the angel's message and Psalm 98. Do not be afraid, the angel said. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. For all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Good news, great joy, all the people, a saviour. This is the global event that Psalm 98 was talking about. Advent, the first coming of Jesus on that first Christmas. Sing a joyful new song to the Lord, for he has done marvellous things. And the most marvellous of all was good news of great joy for all people. A saviour had been born. God sent his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to be born in a little town called Bethlehem as a baby. God himself became a man. But perhaps you're asking, okay, why should that fill us with joy? And why did people need a saviour? Why did people need saving? Well, we heard in one of our readings earlier from Jaden, from the Gospel of Matthew, that Jesus came to save his people from their sins. Humanity, the reason that Jesus needed to come was because people needed saving from their sins. We need saving from our sins. God made us all. Each person in this room was made by God. He has given us life itself. Every breath that we've breathed since we've entered this building has been given to us by him. As our creator... He deserves our love, our worship, and our obedience. But we don't give him any of those things. Instead, we have turned away from him. We have rebelled against him. We have disobeyed him. We have said that we don't want anything to do with him. The evidence of that is that we don't live our lives for him. We live our lives for ourselves. We're not all about him. We're all about us. That is sin. That is why we need saving. On that first Christmas, Jesus came as a baby to bring joyful salvation to his people from their sin. That was Jesus' mission. He grew up to become a man, and he lived a perfect life, a life that was all about God, the life that we could never live. And even though he didn't deserve to, he died on a cross, The death that we deserved. And then he rose again to show that he had indeed saved people from their sin. Christmas isn't only about a cradle. It's ultimately about a cross. So the psalm tells us to sing a joyful new song to the Lord. For he has done marvellous things. He has sent a saviour. But Psalm 98 also gives a second reason to sing a joyful new song to the Lord. Sing a joyful new song to the Lord, for he will come to judge all people. If the first reason was something that's already happened in the past, then this second reason is one that is still to come in the future. We see that in the very last verse of the psalm, after all the mountains and the rivers get together and join in the joyful chorus it says let them sing before the lord for he comes to judge the earth now i get it that doesn't sound like a reason to be singing with joy it might actually sound offensive it doesn't sound very christmassy but but we've got to admit that we all want justice don't we you hear it all the time when kids play together. I'm sure you hear it all day if you're going to be spending Christmas Day with kids. L- little Charlie steals Maisie's brand new present. And what does she say? It's not fair. She wants justice. We all want justice. The thing is that when we personally get caught out, we don't want justice. We want Mercy. If someone else does something wrong or unfair, we want justice for them. But if we do something unjust or wrong, we want to be given the benefits of the doubt. Justice for her, but mercy for me. In my very first full-time job, which was over in Croydon, I only got 20 days of annual leave a year, which was quite a big jump from uni when I was off for more like 20 weeks a year. When it came to my first Christmas working, I had to take some of those precious days and use them to go home and spend Christmas with my family. Of course I did. I love Christmas. That that wasn't a problem, except for the fact that one of the people that I worked with came to me one day and said, oh, it's such a shame you have to take annual leave. I I don't have to take annual leave, because you see, it's easy for me. I I just turn up around about 11 o'clock, take my lunch at 12, loads of leftover turkey, and then head back home again about 2. It's brilliant working over Christmas. I couldn't believe it. That's not fair. I wanted justice for them, and I wanted more annual leave for me. We all want justice, and the only way we will get justice is if there is a judge. And Psalm 98 shows us That there is a judge. When Jesus comes the second time, he will come as a judge. He will come to judge people based on their sin. So, again, why is the psalm telling us that this is good news to sing about? It's because of the very last words of the psalm. Because Psalm 98, verse 9, shows us that Jesus is the kind of judge that you want. It says he will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. He's the kind of judge you want because he's totally fair, he's always right, and he never discriminates. There will be a a second advent. The first time round, Jesus came as a baby to bring joyful salvation to all people from their sin. But the second time round, He will come to judge, but he will be a perfectly fair, righteous judge who will deal with everyone in equity. And that is why we need to sing a joyful new song to the Lord. Because if we don't sing a joyful new song to the Lord because Jesus came as a saviour the first time, then when he comes a second time as a judge, He will deal with us righteously and fairly, but it will not be joyful. He will judge us based on our sin and he will be right to judge us and we will then spend all of eternity facing the consequences of that in hell, a place where all joy has been extinguished. So here's the very last question that we just have to ask what is the new song? If there's a joyful new song that Psalm 98 tells us we have to sing a song that is essential to our eternal future then what is it? Well in the very final book of the Bible Revelation a book that looks forward to the day when Jesus will come for the second time as a judge we're told this they sang A new song. They sang the new song. Saying, You are worthy because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. That's the song we're told to sing. If you sing it, you say, I know that Jesus came the first time to bring salvation. I know that he came the first time to save people from their sin. Just like it said in Matthew 1. And I trust that as he lived and died, his blood can save me from my sin. And if you say that, if you sing that song, then when he comes the second time to judge, he will be merciful. And you will spend eternity with him in endless joy. Psalm 98 says, sing a joyful new song to the Lord. Why? For he has done marvelous things. He sent Jesus on the first Christmas to save his people from their sin. And he will come to judge all people in righteousness and equity. In the year 1719, 299 years ago, a poet called Isaac Watts loved Psalm 98 so much that he wrote a poem about it. The poem was fantastically popular. In 1848, an American called Lowell Mason wanted people to begin to sing it. And he realized that a a, a tune from the famous German composer George Friedrich Handel fitted it perfectly. Since then, it's become the most published Christmas carol of all time. It's been recorded by the Supremes, Bing Crosby, Ella Fitzgerald, Johnny Cash, Nat King Cole, Mariah Carey, and my personal favourite, Aretha Franklin. We all know it. Joy to the world. Psalm 98 is joy to the world. In about seven minutes or so, we're going to close our service together and we're going to sing joy to the world. I don't know what level of joy you're expecting from this Christmas. But I can tell you that if you don't get any of the presents you want, if the turkey burns, if nobody turns up and it's all a disaster, or if far too many people turn up and it's all a disaster, or if you're already planning to just grin and bear it, or if you're not looking forward to Christmas at all because of who won't be there, Psalm 98 promises that if you sing a joyful new song to the Lord, if you come to Jesus to save you from your sin, then this year Christmas really and truly will equal joy.